Second. Second. Got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? So moved. Motion to approve the amended agenda and the meeting minutes as submitted. Second. Got a motion and a second. Any questions, comments? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Okay, so we just had a closed session under the general provisions article sections 3-305B1 to discuss boards and commissions along with personnel and article 3-305B3 to discuss land acquisition. And I think we had uh, a couple of things to announce. First was the uh, bike and pedestrian committee appointment. Make a motion to appoint. Um, where's our applicant? Oh, Norman Bossi. Uh, to fill a vacancy on Bicycle and Pedestrian Committee. This term will expire February 28, 2026. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any questions, comments? All in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? So moved. Congratulations, Norman. All right, thank you, commissioners. And then we had a conversation about uh, uh, upgrading the position for the character counts coach specialist from part-time to full-time. Motion to upgrade the uh, character counts code from part-time to full-time for the remainder of this fiscal budget. Second. We have a motion and we have a second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, that brings us to our first press and public comment period. So thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, address, and your topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. Uh, Reverend Eric Daniels. I came representing the Queen Anne's County branch of the NAACP to read to you this month's proclamation. Whereas the month of February is designated as Black History Month, we celebrate the culture and contributions of black Americans and the, and the Characters County Pillar of the Month, which is respect. Whereas all citizens of Queen Anne's County are encouraged to embrace both, not just on the month of February, but always. And whereas Queen Anne's County recognizes and respects the many contributions of black citizens to our local economic educational, cultural, spiritual, and political developments. Whereas the observance of Black History Month calls our attention to our shared humanity and the responsibility to respect the positive influences of black businesses owners, black educators, African-American heritage events, the black church, and minority community leaders. Whereas Queen Anne's County vows to become a community in which all citizens past present and future are respected for their contributions or potential contributions to our community, to the state, and to our nation at large. Therefore, 
we the county commissioners, you the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County, in partnership with Queen Anne's County Branch 7024 of the NAACP, do hereby proclaim and recognize February 2023 as Black History Month and encourages its citizens to celebrate our shared black history by patronizing local black businesses, volunteering in black communities, supporting local African-American initiatives, and engaging in local shared learning experiences as we continue our efforts to create a community culture of respect and mutual concerns. We thank you so, for recognizing. So, Reverend Eric Daniels, um, thank you for reading it. I, I was going to, this is your <laughs> proclamation, Yes. but uh, you know what? It sounded a lot better coming from you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So um, we, it lacks, it lacks uh, Commission President Jim Moran's signature on it. So if before you leave, if you can make sure that Margie has your contact information, okay. Commissioner Jim Moran will sign this and then awesome. we'll get it off to you folks. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much for being here and very well written. Very well written. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Bill. Thank you, Reverend. Thank, Thank you for having us. Picture. Thank you. Yes. picture. Let's get a picture, gentlemen. Yeah, we, we had some time for you on the agenda anyway, so yeah, right up here. Why don't you get a picture, everybody? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And Susan, come on up. We're, they, they beat you in here, yes. Well, they sort of, they uh, jumped ahead on the schedule a bit, but come on up, Susan. Yeah, good to see you. Get towards the center. Yeah. So I'm going to have you hold this up. There you go. Nice work, Susan. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, so we'll perfect. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> uh, and then next we have uh, Bob Zilling. Thank you. Um, my name is Bob Zilling. I live in Graysonville, Maryland. And I'd like to share just a few public comments with you in, for your consideration prior to the armored storage decision. Um, so first, um, first comment really is granting growth allocation for changing critical area land use designations is really a relatively infrequent thing for the county to do. There have been only two instances in the past seven years, both of which were for expansions of existing industrial parks, uh, the one industrial park being Mattapique and the other one being the Chesapeake one in Stevensville. The current request for armor storage is very different than these past industrial park expansions. Armor storage is not adjacent to any existing intense development area but is rather an infill commercial development that's going to be embedded within the environmentally protected critical area. As such, its environmental impact is more consequential and the precedent it sets is more concerning. 
My second comment really relates to the developer's legal team suggestion in the January 24th public hearing that when conflicts exist between zoning regulations and critical area regulations, that zoning rules should take precedence or supersede the critical area regulations. Thus, their request was for you to change the long-standing critical area regulations from limited to intense development so they can build the 156,000 square foot facility. However, I do not believe this is the proper perspective. Instead, the best community solution is when the two sets of regulations work together, not one dominating over the other. The zoning rules define the land use options, and the critical area regulations specify the scale and the intensity of development. Only when both regulations are equally respected is the optimal community solution achieved. My final comment relates to the state's critical area commission's role in this process. I contacted Susan McClough. She's the natural resource planner who acts as our county's representative at the Critical Area Commission to get her perspective. She explained that the Critical Area Commission recognizes and empowers the county's elected officials to make these growth allocation decisions. As you are the most informed and as elected officials most aware of your community's needs and concerns. Thus, this decision really is yours alone to make and our, our county and our community is looking to your leadership to make what is the right decision that will stand the test of time. Thank you. That's all that have signed up for public comment. Is there anybody else that would like to speak? All right, we'll close public comment. All right, commissioners, we can move into the uh, presentations we have this evening. Uh, the first one we have is uh, Ms. Emily Crosley with the FAFFA in Indianapolis Convention Trip Update. So is Emily here? And uh, if you want to turn to tab number six, item one, and I believe it is up on the screen here as well for the audience to view. Right here. Head. Come on right up there. here. Sure. Come on up. you can come up and take a picture from back here if you'd like. Okay. All right, as requested, you're here. <laughs> All right, uh, so we are some of the officers from the Queens County FFA chapter, um, and we just wanted to thank you for your donation to our chapter um, to allow us to go to the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis um, in October. So we have some slideshows to talk about what we did on the trip and how we benefited from it. Very good. Everybody introduce themselves. Yeah, who do we have here? Um, I'm Megan Mansfield, the vice president of the chapter. Uh, Giles Stanton, I'm the treasurer. Uh, Alyssa Crosley, secretary. And I'm Emily Crosley, the president. Very good. Okay, floor's yours. Um, so the picture on the left is us at the um, Lauren Alina and Jimmy Allen concert, which was like one of our night outs. And then the picture to the right is um, us having a dinner, um, just trying to like get to know each other because not all of us really knew each other before the trip. And um, so we just got to get to really know each other and do team bonding really. How many went? Uh, 10 members and okay. then our advisor. At Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> How fitting. <laughs> 
Um, the picture on the left is us um, walking through the streets of Indianapolis, which was a really big change of seeing because we're all from here. Um, um, and on the right is at our day of service, um, which is where we picked up trash, um, which is at a new um, project for the city of Indianapolis to create a new community park. A uh, picture on the left is Okay. A uh, picture on the left is us also walking back to the hotel after our day at the convention center um, through the city. And on the right is the morning when we were on our way to the convention center. And there we learned and did workshops and other activities where we got to know people from all over the country and got to meet like different ag people. It was very interesting. And what's that building that you guys are, that's in the background of, on the picture on the right? Uh, the Indianapolis State Building, I believe. Okay. Um, and then this is us at the rodeo um, that night, um, which was really cool because they were like really good. <laughs> so um, another like team bonding night, um, but it was a lot of fun. Did you guys ride any bulls or anything? Or? No, but two of our members did get to sit on one, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Ooh. laughs> Very good. Awesome. So, so um, tell us about, so you attended uh, this conference. It was seminars. Uh, how, what were some of the subjects that you guys um, discussed? I know that as elected officials, uh, we attend a conference ourselves to learn uh, how to be better governmental leaders um, on various subjects. Uh, how about you guys? Um, so most of the workshops we went to were about leadership, um, about learning leadership skills and how to um, be like officers in our chapter and take the voices from our members and implement it through our chapter. Gotcha. And so you met other chapters from uh, across the United States. Um, any uh, memorable friendships that you guys made with other chapters? Any particular state? How about you? Uh, no, I can't say. I, I don't know about anybody else, but it was definitely fun to like meet people from all over the country and just like know, understand their background and how agriculture there is different than here. Just getting to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Gotcha. Is a lifestyle of agriculture different from other people? I mean, other places when you talk to them about uh, how, yeah. like what they do for fun or where they go and that kind of stuff, or is it all? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it definitely varies all over the country and. Uh, it was, um, it's just kind of different because like you don't realize it, but there's just so many other people that were there and all, everybody is just so different how they do things. So, yeah. Good. So is anyone leaning towards cattle or soybeans or corn or anything in particular? Emily? <laughs> but I mean, it's different parts of the country, it's different stuff is there. Primary source of ag, though, right? I mean, when you the Midwest and everything is different than what we do here on the East Coast for sure. So, mm -hmm. all right, very good. So you said ten of you all went. Mm -hmm. so those are pretty cool blue jackets. <laughs> Some of them might already have pins, but what will really make them stand out is the Queens County pin. So do me a favor. I'll give you guys each one, and then you will make sure that the other members that went on the trip Thank get you, theirs. 
Did you count right, Phil? Should be enough. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I just wanted to mention, not to show my age, but when I was your age, I had the opportunity to go to the 50th anniversary of FFA, and it was in Kansas City. And very much, your, your pictures are just making me reminisce about my trip. We took a bus and uh, went to the rodeo, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So you'll remember it the rest of your life. Thanks for being great kids. Thanks for coming Thank in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Are we ready for that now? All right. All right, welcome Commissioner Moran. I mean, I know you had a difficult afternoon testifying in Annapolis today for us. We appreciate that. and. Uh, He's still smiling. Not too late to the party, Sorry. so that's smiling. good. Smiling. Welcome back to the shore. Oh, man. Welcome back to life. All right, commissioners. Our next presenter actually um, already uh, proceeded uh, earlier today, Mr. Eric Daniels. We, we appreciate that. Uh, our, so after that, we have the swearing-in ceremony for the FEC. So I think uh, Bill Faust and Buddy Thomas. Gentlemen, can you come in? You're just in time, Jim. Did Jordy do? Yeah. 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 Gentlemen. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Have a seat. So like, first. What? They got to well, stand here. Oh, no, no, no. Get out of here, right? <laughs> Come on. I, I know. Yeah. So for the folks that are watching on our television audience who don't know what the FEC is, can you just give a quick, brief description of what exactly the FEC is and what it does? Um, basically, it's the uh, is the organize it's the organization to get, come to the county from all nine fire departments in Queen Anne's County. We work under one uh, organization, which is the Fire and EMS Commission, which I'm chairman of, and Buddy's the vice chairman. Um, and you guys meet monthly. We meet monthly, first Thursday every month. We uh, get together the budgets for budget requests for the county. Um, we deal with operational issues within each within the the county as a whole with departments. Um, we uh, we work with like PIAs, which are uh, post incidents analysis. Um, matter of fact, we just made it a rule where it's going to be at our at a regular meeting if we have one. And I am in the process of getting information from the MIFRI, which is Maryland Fire and Rescue Institute, on a class so I can take it so I can be able to run a PIA the proper way so and then I come back and meet with you guys for the budget hearings and stuff so and so so this FEC Jack you said is the commissioner liaison on the FEC mm -hmm. and so it's representatives from every from all nine firehouses yes they're presidents and the chiefs of those houses well the normal FEC meeting is the chief officer and then we have an administrative committee which is the presidents and then we have an operations committee which uh, deals with the operational issues like the standard operating guidelines and things like that that they bring back for the FEC to vote on and make it a county policy under the stuff. Um, right now, probably in the next, maybe not next month, but the month after, we will be coming to you with, we redid our bylaws and updated it. Uh, some of the wording was a little outdated and it needs to come back and you all approve it once we make, we get the changes and we agree to it, then we bring it to you for your final approval. And then they also have our uh, county EMS is a part of that 
meeting as well and give updates on what the county side EMS is doing so that they can work seamlessly with the volunteers, um, obviously, because they pretty much intermingle. Without, uh, so it's a collaborative effort from absolutely. EMS? Yes. And, and our nine From Department of Emergency Services, Scott Haas and uh, new Zach Yerkes and Phil English and all, we all work together hand in hand trying to make the county better. Service. So, Service-wise, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Things come up. And again, I will reiterate, and I've said this before, um, we're very, very fortunate as citizens here in Queen Anne's County to have the volunteer fire services that we have. If we had to go to a paid service, uh, it, the dollar amount and the cost reflective of that is unimaginable. So um, <coughs> it would almost make the school board's budget. So on the behalf of the citizens of Queen Anne's County, little. thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you guys for serving as the chair and vice chair too. It's my 13th year. I've been in just a hair longer than you've been a commissioner. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started with Steve Aarons. There you go. Yes. All right. All righty. Are we ready? Swear them in. All righty. Well, gentlemen, you stand and raise your right hand. Uh, use your name where I use mine. I, James Moran. I, Bill Faust. Do solemnly promise and swear. Do solemnly promise and swear. That I will, to the best of my ability. That I will, to the best of my ability. Fulfill the duties of the office for which I have been elected. Fulfill the duties to the office of which I have been elected. And uphold the bylaws of the Queen Anne's County Fire and EMS Commission. And uphold the bylaws of the Queen Anne's County Fire and EMS Commission. At the conclusion of my term of office. At the conclusion of my term of office. I will turn over to my successor. I will turn over to my successor. All records and properties. All records and properties. Entrusted to my care. Entrusted to my care. So help me God. So help me God. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank well, you got one of these, right? Yes, sir. Buddy, you don't have one. That make your uniform look that makes me official that much man. more sharper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might even get you get a jail free card. <laughs> um, there you go. A couple more. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Appreciate your efforts. All right, Commissioners, that is all of our presentations for this evening. We can move into uh, our new business. First, we have the uh, Department of Public Works. And uh, if you want to turn to tab number two, we've got, uh, looks like about six items here this evening. So the first item is um, in tab number two, item one, page one, mosquito control user fees. And this is a... Uh, a request to increase the user fees for the mosquito control program for this uh, spray season. I get a motion on that. We can have these guys present. I move to accept increase in mosquito control user fees as proposed in Exhibit A. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So what percentage are we looking at? I mean, I'm looking at the numbers. Do, do we have an overall percentage of what the increase is? Uh, about 5%. That's material probably, more than anything. Yeah, exactly. the county has very little to do with mosquito control. I know, it's a right. state. It's a I'm state thing. Curious. That's all we do is set the rates. Right. And keep the rates so that they match whatever we get invoiced by Maryland Department of right. for Agriculture. But is that what they're saying it is? It's the materials themselves? And labor, everything. Both the labor, okay. We've been running behind for the last couple of years and it's not gonna get any worse. Okay. We're not gonna get any better. I'm good. And there's a breakdown in there. It shows the more we do, the, the better the number gets. So, right. That's good. 
Okay. Uh, the motion is to accept the increase in mosquito control user fees as proposed in Exhibit A, which is the graph. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved, 5-0. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Item number two on pages uh, three uh, through eight is the Bridgetown Development Sand and Gravel Major Extraction Public Works Agreement, and this is a repeat item that has been brought back after uh, some renegotiation on the host community agreement for that project. So, I move that the Public Works Agreement with Bridgetown Development LLC Company LLC be signed. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. 5-0. Thank you, Commissioners. That was easy Thank one, you, Commissioners. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy enough. All right. Uh, next item, item number three on pages 9 through 13 is the Queen Anne County High School parking lot repair and overlay contract award to uh, David A. Bramble under the State Highway Administ Administration's um, area-wide contract for $475,555. I move to award the Queen Anne's County High School parking lot repair and overlay project to David A. Bramble Incorporated Chestertown, Maryland, the amount of $475,555 via the State Highway Administration existing contract XY9175177. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? I have a comment. It, it built into this is that my, my dental work covered <laughs> as a parent who drops a student off every single morning at that school. <laughs> so, I, Queen I, Anne? <laughs> exactly. This is Queen Anne. Uh, oh, oh, okay, Queen Anne, but you guys are going to do Kent Island soon, right? If the board of ever would like to. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is Focus one of Queen Anne. This is for Queen Anne. This one's way overdue. Yeah. 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 So, we've been, so doing, a, we've quick, been doing a little yeah, bit of patching. Didn't so, this one go around and around a couple of times and the budget was up and down to so you guys? What was the original budget? Because I thought we saw this a couple of years ago, and if, but I don't think it got through at the state level, right? I think maybe it, you're, it, it was part of a capital request. It was. During the budget was. process for But then for I thought education. they got initial funding, and that's why we went back. It was initial through. funding. Uh, we got prices to do the work we met out in the field based on the amount that was uh, allowed through the capital uh, uh, budget. We actually do the total amount of work they wanted to do. Right. The problem is it's a very small window to get the concrete work and the asphalt work during the summertime vacation when students and teachers aren't there. So we had to we had to push it off and right, so okay. it all done at one time. So so what I'm impressed by is that the number didn't go up and actually no, you got no. it in underneath the budget. So that's impressive in this day and age. Mm -hmm. Yes, and this was bid out. It's using the existing state highway contracts, which was bid out per state highway guidelines. As we piggyback on contracts that have been bid out. Okay. So I'm assuming that they're going to take into the, I mean, we had some water issues, standing water there. That's the, the curbs. Are we going to regrade this? And new curb work, sidewalks, ADA compliance, uh, new inlets, um, and piping that's needed. And a new overlay, mill and overlay to get the water to drain properly to everything. It's a very, it's been there for a long time. Yeah. A lot of things have settled, so we're getting it back <clears throat> in shape. Very good. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, this is, like I said, we're awarding Queen Anne's County High School we move to award the Queen Anne's County High School parking lot repair and overlay project to David A. Bramble Incorporated of Chestertown, Maryland, in the amount of $475,555 via the State Highway Administration existing contract XY9175177. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So moved. 
All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item four on pages four through 26 is a um, intergovernmental agreement amendment uh, with MTA for the uh, inclusion of some bike racks under the Kentonaris Bridge where we uh, lease that parking lot for the uh, MTA bus stop. On the uh, west side of the Kentonaris, yeah. I move to execute the MTA Intergovernmental Agreement Second Amendment. Second. I have a motion and a second. Discussion. The picture where it's going is already a, uh, an ADA ramp on a sidewalk there. Uh, the picture where the, with the hatch pattern? Yes. It's, it, this is a lot of paperwork for a small little bike rack. It's basically going to be two years. But I'm saying that, that, that island isn't configured like that right now. Yes, there, it is. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay. That's oh, it. it's the one that there's goes no, up underneath the bridge. No, you're it's right. It's all grass right you're there. You're right, underneath the bridge. All right, okay. And that's the only spot we're going to put it in? That's where they want to put it. And that's all that paperwork for that little spot? All that paperwork for that okay. little bike rack. Okay. That's to keep the attorneys employed. Yeah. Well, Someone's okay. got to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all those in favor of that little tiny bike rack, say aye. 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 <laughs> Opposed? So moved. Thank you. 36 pages. Yeah, that's man. Great. Wow. Oof. Very well done. Set a record. We need to jump to the desk item. Oh, okay. Can we jump to this desk item for the sake of our... Well, let's get through sanitary first and right here. Okay. Yeah, all right. So, our commissioners, our next item is item number five on page 27, and this is the Baybridge Cove Sewerage Pump Station Deed of Dedication. I get a motion on that, please. I move that we execute the deed for the sewage pump station, which serves the Baybridge Cove community. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? This is basically them turning it over to you. It meets yeah, all your inspections and standards. Should have happened years ago. It just fell through the cracks. Okay. All right. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Father. All right. Thank you, commissioners. So we do have a master water sewer plan informational meeting scheduled for 6:30. So um, I'll. We'll reserve that till 6.30. And uh, that's all we had for the Department of Public Works uh, at this time. Uh, do we want to take care of that one desk item with the Board of Education? Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, that Thank would you. be your, on your desk. Thank you. Desk item number one, and that is a <coughs> transfer between major state categories budget amendment for the Board of Education. And I believe Jane Towers is here to um, Answer any questions that you may have on that. Before I forget, did we have another one of these for Jim? Or should I, I, I got one. one. I put it back here. Got it. Okay. Put it back here. So tonight we bring before you a budget amendment for your review and approval. This is transfer between several different categories. We're finding this year's increase in fuel costs, along with an increase in salaries for our athletic trainers as well, and maintenance. So we're going to have to factor that in in the FY24 budget. I move to approve the transfer of funds between major state categories for the Board of Education as follows. Fixed charges to administration, $10,285. Instructional salaries to instructional other, $145,000. Instructional salaries to transportation, $350,000. And fixed charges and instructional salaries to maintenance, $300,000. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So, uh, just so I understand what you just said, I, I, I want to ask this question. 
question. All of these transfers you're saying will be an additional charge in the 2024? We'll have to take it in consideration when, as we're building the 24 budget, correct? Because the increased fuel costs along with um, the increase in maintenance, we're, costs are rising all the time. So that's going to be a factor that we're going to have to consider mm -hmm. as we build the budget. Okay. All right. Well, we have a motion and a second. Any other discussion? Any questions? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So move. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Ms. Towers. Appreciate that. No, no, but oh, okay. <clears throat> All right, commissioners, uh, we have uh, six pieces of new business. So if you want to turn to tab number three, these are all action items. So tab three, item one on page one is a support letter for the Bay Bridge run this year, which is scheduled now for November the 12th, 2023. I move to execute the support letter for the Bay Bridge run on November 12, 2023. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item two on page two through four is the Kent Island High School band boosters request for a reimbursement due to the project at the high school that uh, preempted their fundraising activities. On, um, at the uh, stadium. I move to approve the reimbursement of Kennelon High School band boosters in the amount of $1,082.65. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Five votes. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item three on pages five through seven is a request uh, from the Suttersville Fire Company for the use of funds for a new fire apparatus. They're requesting an executed letter to approve the use of $36,000 annually from the Senator Amos 508 funding source, which is distributed to the county yearly from the state of Maryland. Um, the cost of the new apparatus is just shy of $700,000 and the purchase does not require any additional county money. Before I make that motion, wasn't there also a request to have a letter of support so they could get the low interest, the 1% loan? Mm. As well? Yeah. I don't believe so. You I might know believe so. About this. No, I don't, I don't have that. Um, it's funny, as he's just freshly sworn back in, he can now answer that question. You're under oath still. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this letter is um, basically. What it's saying is we're, we're trying to go after a 1% interest loan through the Maryland State Farmers Association. We need a letter saying that we've exhausted all of our roots to get funding and we need you all to say, we're not going to give you any more money and we can go after this loan and save us what, 2 or 3% depending on what we could get at a bank. Um, right now, um, the letter reads funny, but that's exactly how they want it. That We got that right from the what they call VCAF committee. That's how they want it. That's how they formulate their stuff. And this, we're going after 75% is all we can get for the money. So, so the way that's written is, is the way you guys want it. I just want to make sure. Yes, the way, it's, the way it was sent by uh, Pastor E. Blackston is the way it needs to be written. Okay. Not any change or anything because um, they look at it and this is just a, like a form letter that they wrote. Right. Yeah, he, Chief Blackiston reached out. Okay. 
So, so I'm okay. going to execute the letter for the Southersville Fire Company to apply for assistance for a new 2023 E1 fire engine through the Maryland State Farmers Association Volunteer Company Assistance Fund and use the yearly allocations from the Senator Amos 508 funds. This purchase will not require additional funding from the county. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So move, Father. Thank you. It just gives the public an idea how much this apparatus costs. Well, this is low. That's this, low. This there. is low. <laughs> really and truly, this is low because now uh, our engine is eight hundred and some thousand dollars, and we ordered it uh, almost a year and a half ago. Before you have delivery within within a year, and now they're saying if you order one now, you'll see it in three years. So and. Now they're going to be between a million and two million dollars, because like a, a ladder truck or an aerial, whatever you want to, whatever anybody in the audience like know, they're going to be in excess of two million dollars. I can almost bet on it. So, so. are they? Uh, is Patriot Fire finishing it off? Meaning? No, we ordered it. They're they're an E1 dealer. It's no different than you going to a car dealer right. and ordering a, a a Ford truck or whatever. They don't do anything with it there except letter it and maybe, do, but they do the service work on them. Um, but they order for us and it, it's built in one place and goes to another place to get the finishing touches put on it. It'll finally come here to get lettered and all that stuff. And then if it needs services, it'll go back it'll to go Patriot back to, Fire. Yes. Good. Very good. Well, congratulations to Thank the Southernville Firehouse. Thank you. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, item four on pages eight through 55 is the Sellersville Senior Center roof replacement grant uh, through um, the CDG, CDBG program. Uh, I move that President Moran sign the grant agreement and related forms is presented for the CDBG grant numbered Maryland 23-CD-2 as described and recommended by the Department of Community Services Housing Division. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So moved. Five real, real quick, Ted, what is the, what is the expected time frame from the time the grant comes through and all that we'll actually be able to get it done? <coughs> I don't have a schedule on that. I, knew, I know the grant is $450,000, but I can get you a schedule uh, when it's going to go. That's an yep. old roof, right? That's the original roof on there? Uh, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. yep. All right, commissioners, thank you very much. Item number five on pages 56 through 90 is a Royal Legacy Deed of Easement for the Ripley Farm LLC. And this is a 217-acre property located within the Land's End Royal Legacy area. Uh, the, this deed will provide uh, protection on that farm uh, preservation of that property going forward. No county funds were used in the preservation of this property. I move that we approve and sign the Royal Legacy Deed of Easement for the Ripley Farm Family Farm LLC. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So moved by vote. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, commissioners. And our last item, uh, action item for this evening, is uh, item number six on pages 91 through 98. This is a request for economic development incentive funding for the Monocle Meat Company LLC. 
conditional loan for $40,000 for the startup of a new butcher shop located at the uh, Kent Landing Shopping Center in Stevensville. I move that we approve the disbursement of $40,000 from the EDIF fund to Monaco Meat Company LLC for the purchase of equipment to outfit a new butcher shop in Stevensville. The disbursement of funds is contingent upon a signed agreement between the EDIF Commission and Monaco Meat LLC, outlining the terms and conditions in accordance with the application submitted to the EDIF Commission. Second. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Um, I put this. Uh, this group here has been trying to get this open for a little while now, and I think they ran into some problems with a bad contractor, mm -hmm. um, and they reached out. I put them in touch with Heather, and she's got them, I think, on the right track now with everything they need to do. Um, unless anybody's starting a business, call Heather first if you're starting a business in the county. So call you don't permitting first. <laughs> right, call permitting. Um, call permitting be, because right. <laughs> call them first. Because there are there are work as a team. It's yeah. a team yeah. team approach. There, right. there are contractors out there that are no good and they will screw you over. So um, you need to make sure you're doing this the right way and follow the right permits. Um, because I know there's a lot of people who are very excited to see this business open up. So I'm glad Heather, that you were able to help them. And uh, also, you know, I think point out, you know, when we did what we did to try to get that Kmart filled, right? It's an anchor, it brings other businesses. Mm -hmm. And this is right next to it. And right. people would say, oh, you're gonna run out to small businesses. Target sells, sells meat, right? But people are gonna come here because while they go to Target, then they're going to go to Monocle Meat Company. And so I think, you know, that was another great thing that we did as the last commission with, with help, um, Heather's assistance and, and planning as well um, to get that space filled up with a business that then attracts other local businesses to there. So my my rant for a bit of a personal interest. My rant. Well, I just it's my district and I just want to point out, you know, that, you know, a lot of the good that we're doing and trying to bring business here, filling up spaces that are empty. We, we are doing that despite what you read on social media. So I just thought I, you were happy about the butcher. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> I, do you have an in with the I, uh, no, fine, I don't, fine Italian prosciutto hand that will be coming? I'm looking or? forward to it. He's, he's got, got a little, little apron with his name on it already. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's back there. So just so the folks that are watching, if you don't mind, uh, a little bit about the Economic Development Center Fund and, and the criteria to qualify. Just, sure. Just a elevator version mm -hmm. so the economic development incentive fund is a conditional loan program that funds equipment hard assets um, does not do working capital and it's for companies that are in the startup phase and or growing um, that may not otherwise be able to receive capital and or need a portion of capital funded so this is a a bridge program to help them get to where they need to be um, the loan amounts are up to 50000 and they're subject to hiring. So um, the company, when they apply, they say how many jobs they're going to create, and the Economic Development um, Incentive Fund Commission reviews those packages and decides um, if they should be funded or not. So this is a job creator, and they're required to create those jobs and stay in Queen Anne's County for five years. And most of them have created those jobs and then some. And, you know, there's, this is a $40,000 conditional loan. They're spending a lot more than that to get this project started. So this is a small piece of a larger project, and that's what you see through all these economic development incentive funds. So now, um, so go into real quick, um, who sits on that economic development committee as far as you don't have to necessarily, necessarily say names but professions they're, they're local business people or they're local uh, people that were appointed through the the commissioner so they have a background in lending and or business so that when they look at these packages 
you know, they know what they're looking at and can provide feedback. And, and this company, another partnership that we have is with uh, SCORE Mentors. So this company will be um, collaborate with the SCORE Mentors that'll come out and they'll be required to visit with them on a regular basis to continue to get business support and feedback. We'll be there with them, but it's nice to have this, again, a, another set of professionals that will help them along the way. Okay, thank you, Heather. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. So just so we know, we're we're voting for forty thousand from the EDIF, uh, EDIF fund to Monocle Meat Company, LLC. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Abstained. So moved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, commissioners, that is all of our action items this evening. We are a little bit ahead of schedule. We can proceed on. We, yeah. we have no requirements uh, hearing-wise, but we can proceed on. Uh, next item we have is a master water sewer plan amendment informational heat, uh, hearing meeting. Uh, Alan Quimby here, Director of Public Works. We have two projects. Uh, if you have any questions, first one is for the town of Queenstown, potable water system enhancements. The second one is a county project, the Northwest Chester Water Main Extension. So we do have a hearing scheduled on these two amendments um, for the next meeting, I believe. Okay. Well, you want to, Alan? You want to just talk about what the Queenstown one is first? Sure. Um, they're planning to do quite a bit of improvements to their system. I mean, it's quite old, um, as you know, or maybe not. I grew up in Queenstown, and uh, it could use the work, I'm sure. Um, they're looking to refurbish the existing 50,000 gallon elevated tank, which is the one that looks like the uh, 10 man. Uh, a new 100,000 gallon storage tank next to the existing 100,000 gallon storage tank out by the outlets. Mm -hmm. They're going to construct a new well and a new water treatment plant on Delrose Avenue down where Verizon has their facility, if you're familiar with that, Con mm -hmm. And they're going to uh, replace a bunch of undersized or otherwise substandard water mains. That's quite extensive uh, amount of work they're planning to do. And they just completed uh, upgrading their sewage treatment plant a couple years ago? Mm -hmm. So they're, so what, what did they go from on that sewage treatment plant? Do you know what they were? They were either 80 or 85 to 200,000. 200,000 gallons a day? Mm-hmm. Okay. How long is the project going to take? I don't know if they're phasing it or not. It's a, it's a huge project. I'm, I'm suspecting <laughs> it would take five to ten years, really. And it depends on their funding source, too. I don't know how readily available the funds are. And that's, but that comes to us because we have to approve it? Yes, we have to approve it primarily because if they need a construction permit from the Department of the Environment, which they will, but this is a prerequisite. Uh, if they're going to get USDA funding, mm -hmm. it may be a prerequisite for that as well. So they don't go forward without us approving that? Well, in fact, we, we, improved, we approved an amendment some time ago, like three or four years ago, but for whatever reason, or whether the state found it insufficient or whether they changed it significantly since then but so mm -hmm. we're back again okay and uh the northwest chester water main extension this is the uh, jim moran memorial water main <laughs> <laughs> general fund i might say fund better sewage line extension right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i didn't know we could do that but, well, now that we know um, this is a um, Eight-inch water main from the intersection of what I call South Main Street and Castle Marina Road, which is the old road alignment, 18 road alignment, 
to Shopping Center Road, which is approximately 3,500 feet. It's to service mainly the uh, commercial properties to the north, which are all on individual wells. I mean, the water quality is okay, but there's, they just can't meet uh, fire suppression without. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have a, a hearing at the next meeting for this? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I won't 20, be here. The but 28605. Yeah. Can, can you bring a map to show everybody where these water mains are? Where, where they run this now. one is well where 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 do we have water mains running right now okay and where don't we have and, you know i mean i've always heard that we want to hook up both systems across the kent narrows i'll see what i can put up sure yeah. and, you know i just you know and then a, a wish list for you to how would how we get there how do we get there to get water suppress you know for fire suppression and for you know get rid of some of these wells along that 50 corridor how do we get water to everybody right now the sanitary district has always wanted to connect most of their water plants together. We've, we've done fairly well over the years. The last one we really want to do is connect Graysonville water treatment plant to Oyster Cove or Kenton Arrows water treatment plant, mm -hmm. which is a couple, about a mile and a half, a little bit more than that. So once we have that, we have all our major, we have all the Route 50 plants connected, which is something that really needs you to be. You have redundancy. Done. Yeah, we have redundancy. Um, ideally, we could put a tower on the Graysonville end and tower on, we've got towers on Kent Island and none on the uh, Graysonville side. Well, I just, you know, I think it'd be nice to have that, have the map showing it, and then some budgetary numbers of how do we, how do we get there? If we phase it and, and just... Well, you have to decide what you want to do. I mean, you know, we, we've never had a mandatory hookup, and I'm not suggesting we want a mandatory hookup. Right. So you can put but we a have a, we have a hookup where if the well goes bad, you got a hookup. That is it, right. yes. But um, you can spend a lot of money on pipe and not get any revenue source from it, so you really have to be particular on where you start dropping pipe in the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. But from a fire suppression side, though, and the requirements to have fire suppression, if you build something new or remodel something over a certain percentage, we're going to have to have it there anyway. Right. Well, but for small uses, residential, whatever, you know, you can still use your wells for that. Right. Not right. that, but yeah. I'm talking about commercial. Yeah. Right. Commercial. This is a commercial area. What right. Talking about. I mean, they could do it too on site, much like Jody did with his hotel with that large tank, but it's certainly not cost effective, and you lose real estate and everything else. Yeah, yeah we could have. We could have charged him the cost of that tank and he would have hooked up to our water. Well, I think we still should do that. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what, since we got you up here, Delmarva Power. Mm -hmm. I notice there's at least two different locations where they are stockpiling a whole lot of transmission poles. Oh, really? You, do, do you, so they don't come to us and say anything about what they're doing in the county? I don't believe they do. I mean, now all of this bush hogging they've been doing is they're clearing a pathway for them to put up these new transmission lines. And, you know, one of the problems we had on 18 was they put those transmission lines up between the Narrows and Dominion Road. And tornado. Well, no, I'm just saying, we, and now we're, we're pinched. We can't enlarge the road without moving all these utilities. Right. So, you know, Todd, is there a way we can get them to come in and make a presentation Certainly. on what they're Because it looks like they're, they're, they are gearing up. They're storing across from... Uh, Teddy Baker's, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of them in there. And know, it's another location up north that they're storing. I, mean, I know a lot of them, Jim, they're just, in a lot of instances, they're just replacing the old 40 and 60 foot wood poles with uh, these. Metal. Yeah, but these are the big ones. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. you've got a lot of 60 foot. Well, just now in 18 of, in, at Bennett Point Road, they've replaced concrete ones with wooden ones. Hmm. They, they cut the concrete ones in half and then they, they put in a brand new with a 40, 60 foot wood one, you know, 
and hook to it. But the ones that I'm seeing that are stockpiled is like what they have. And 301. Yeah, when you get up 301 all the way up there, and, and they're they're storing those in multiple locations. And I just, yep. you know, if they've got a plan for the county, I'd like to hear because. We know, can certainly ask them to come yeah. in and present their capital Absolutely. plans, and yeah. you know, over the next couple of years, and okay. but I'll, I'll arrange something to have them come in. Yeah. Future meeting to make. So they they yeah. they don't have to come in for permits of any sort whatsoever, just because they're a utility. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. No, they do not. So we don't inspect their footings. We don't do anything with there. They just come on in and do as they please. Nope. TSC, they're under yeah. different I mean, obviously, had that's where we need to be, be vigilant, vigilant because the PSC is going to get them solar. What you got to remember, well, see, this is all part of that. See, yeah. this is part of electric, yeah. uh, electric cars, uh, increased solar. Right. Um, that's why I want to know. You've got to, you've got yeah. to upgrade the grid to be able to carry that back yeah. and to be able to pick up the additional EV chargers that. There's several How bills in Annapolis needed? right now. They're going to start requiring a new home. Yeah. So um, right now that grid is non-existent. So they're going to have to do something. And it takes, I mean, it took them three and a half years, I guess, almost four years to do up 301. So. Right. And I think they're storing them, I think, on Green Spring. I think it is between. That's a new substation going right. in there. So I don't right. know what, you're, what they're storing or what that's for. Yeah, a new substation for what? I mean, you know, that's. You know. Like Commissioner Wilson said. Yeah. Everybody so if we get. Let's, let's find sure. out what's going on there. Okay. No problem. All right. All right. Any more questions for Alan on the uh, water sewer plan amendments? That'll be here for a hearing in two weeks. Okay. Very good. Yep. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Alan. Damn, I didn't know I got a water line named after me. <laughs> Damn, that's like getting your own little star, right? A walk of fame. That's right. Hey, Jim. I think he's joking. Huh? I think he's joking. <laughs> Already got the plaque made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Below ground. Okay. All right, commissioners, we can move into our legislative uh, portion of our meeting this evening. Uh, if you want to turn to tab number seven. Uh, first, we have County Ordinance 22-13, and this is for the uh, rezoning of the 20 parcels of property that were subject of the 2022 comprehensive plan update. Uh, we had a hearing on this and now we are, this, this uh, ordinance is now ready for uh, consideration and or vote this evening. I move to approve ordinance number 2213 is favorably recommended by the planning commission for all the comprehensive rezoning requests and growth area rezonings as outlined in the comprehensive rezoning summary table be approved and updated on the digitally referenced and geo-referenced Queen Anne's County zoning map. Furthermore, as required in 1822F, all rezonings are found to be consistent with the 2022 comprehensive plan as described in the staff memo to the Planning Commission. Second. We have a motion and a second. Uh, any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? 5-0. So, you know, just, and, and I want to say this, you know, Amy, you and your staff, thank you very much. You guys, Stephanie, you guys, you know, I know this was, Absolutely this was a long it. time coming, but unfortunately we're not done. This is basically just round one. There's, there's going to be another round as they go through updating uh, some of the zoning and uh, other requirements. So there'll be a round two to this. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have that done here within the next six, seven months. Hopefully, hopefully, I said hopefully. Right, yes, correct, correct. Well, thank you very much on that. All right, all right, thank you, commissioners. 
Uh, item number two is on pages um, six through ten is the growth allocation petition for the armored storage on Kent Island. And this was the subject of a hearing two weeks ago for reclassification of 2.81 acres of LDA to intensely developed area on this particular property for the self-storage project as has been presented. Uh, I'll read this one. All right. I move to conceptually approve the growth allocation petition submitted by Nashville Properties LLC, known as Armored Storage Ken Island, requesting to reclassify 2.811 acres of limited development area to intensely developed area. Furthermore, I request that the Critical Area Commission consider and process this petition as a refinement. In addition, the following conditions shall be included uh, with this uh, approval. And we are going to add one right off the top that uh, this, this project will only be three stories, not four stories. So it will be three stories in height, not four stories in height. The applicant will dedicate resulting parcel 287, which is 1.464 acres, to the county for passive recreational use. The applicant deed restrict 5.987 acres of woodlands consisting of resulting parcel 351 located within the resource conservation area and limited development area for resource protection and passive recreation. In addition to normal stormwater management, the stormwater facility shall be tested for effectiveness on a regular basis in accordance with the testing methods approved by the County Department of Public Works with consultation with the Maryland Department of the Environment. There shall be no disturbance to the non-tidal wetlands on site. Provide a fence on the north side of the building along the adjacent property owner's property line. Uh, the applicant shall meet with the DPW and SHA to discuss future road widening with widening that may be necessary in the event that the Shamrock Road overpass is ever constructed in accordance with the Kent Island Transportation Plan. Revisit the architecture of the building in accordance with the, the TC design standards to reduce the bulk and impact of the building by one floor, which we pretty much said that already. Yep. Uh, the, the, view, the view shed facing north from US Route 5301 is to be consistent with the second rendering provided on page four of, the, of Exhibit 5 of the growth allocation petition by utilizing the existing vegetation and enhancing the understory shrubs and canopy trees provided on site. Second for discussion. So we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Fire away. So the only other two things that I looked at um, in going with what I heard in the discussions during the hearing, um, one is to somehow uh, permanently protect the trailway there and or reroute the trailway to get it off the road so it cannot be uh, no way in any way so anybody on the trail be affected by traffic. Um, that would be part of the facility being there. Um, and then the other thing is, if the developer could look at, in the, in the areas that aren't requiring hard pavement to go to some sort of a pervious uh, parking system, similar to what we have at the county office building, where I realize you have heavy trucks and storage facilities that would be dropping things off and things of that nature, but where that's not necessary, say, outside the perimeter of right up to the building to use an, a pervious uh, to help with the runoff and. That's just two of the things that I'd like to see in addition. Okay. Do you want to make an amendment to that? I will amend to, I will amend it to add those two conditions. Okay. 
And Margie, did you get the conditions? Okay. So we have an amendment. Need a second on the amendment. Though. Need a second on the amendment. I'll second the amendment. Second the amendment. Uh, all those in favor of the amendment? Aye. Sorry, aye. No? No. No? Aye. Aye. A no? Aye. And an aye? Four, Four to one. one. So the amendment, the amendment will pass. Uh, before we go on to the vote, is there any further discussion? Now the process will go from us to the critical area commission. Any further stipulations will be put on by the critical area and then it will come back to us for a no, final approval. No, it comes back to planning commission. Plan then us. No, no, it doesn't? No, it comes no, it's back oh, to us. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it'll oh, and then to, then then to, to the planning commission. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Seeing no other uh, comments, uh, the, as the motion made, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? No. One no. Abstained? Nope. Four one. All righty. Thank you very much. All right, commissioners, that's all we had under uh, legislative tonight, unless you wanted to bring up any bring up any bills in Annapolis. Uh, a couple of those bills. You want to just do them at round table or you want to do them now? I guess we're it doesn't matter. So. Round table's next anyway, so. Yes, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 Huh? No, let's do it now. We'll do it now? Yeah, yeah. yeah bring, bring out the bills. I'd rather do that. So, so we have, there's a, a bill that was discussed that will be um, weighing in tomorrow at our MAKO Legislative Committee meeting um, that I wanted to bring up here tonight with us because it's going to, we're, we're probably going to take a stance different from what MAKO is taking on this. Um, it's a bill generated out of Montgomery County that is trying to statewide get rid of the ability to fine um, people who violate the uh, stop signs on the buses where we're using the cameras to cite them now. Montgomery County wants to make it so that you, statewide, want to make it so that your first offense is a warning, your second offense is a warning and then the fines will be capped and reduced. And in our rural county coalition meeting, it was pretty much unanimous that that's ridiculous for us. We have weather conditions and, you know, how many kids you got to get killed before you get, you get a warning. So, yeah. You know, Mon Montgomery County also holds a record, according to the wife, of most pedestrians hit every year in the roadway. Well, now we know why. There's, There's no deterrence. Yeah, they they, they have a, so we're going to come out, uh, myself and Chris and me are going to come out in opposition it, it, with, you know, a consensus here amongst us well, to what, what, what is the What is the thought process behind introducing legislation? There's a lot of bills down there this year, Phil, that we really can't. It would blow your mind if you read process. some of these bills yeah. that are some coming of, through. Some of these things that are coming out are just absolutely amazing. Um, and then we have another one that's going to be more of a, a fiscal thing, and they really can't tell us what the fiscal hit's going to be is, that um, the state wants to have a statewide database for septic systems, but the onus is going to be on the counties to provide that information and the mapping, which basically our health department is a state agency, but yet we would absorb the cost for it. And I think we pretty much do most of it, but it's the way it's, it has to be digitized. If we don't meet every piece of criteria, we have to go back and basically start over again until we meet that criteria to get it to the state. It's, it just sounds like it's going to be a, a pretty heavy fiscal note to each county, and especially some of the rural counties that don't have the means and, and personnel to take care of something like that. It's and database means tracking means that right. And, and the next things be more enforcement on things, over enforcement on things. And and, that, and what does it really get? What's the end result? I mean, right. so the, the stipulations are tough on that anyway. And then. Oh, and then we have the air quality bill, which it does just affect the schools too. It's I had looked it up. It's I think it's House Bill 851, but it's it's going to require all the counties to 
again, do uh, create a task force that's going to look at all of our public buildings. Right now, it's just saying the school buildings, right? This came out last year, and it died. Um, this year, it's probably going to have a little bit more push. And, you know, it's, we sound horrible when we say, oh, we're not worried about indoor air quality. There's already codes and stuff in place through building codes that addresses this, minimum outside air, mold remediation mitigation, um, you know, all those things, carbon dioxide levels, carbon monoxide levels. This is just another, and we already did it, and I brought this up. Two years or three years ago, I guess it was. I, I remember that. We spent $250,000 to have all of our schools gone through with a long-term plan for HVAC and roofs and all that stuff. And now, you know, we're going to get penalized and have to basically pay for that all over again for something, again, that it, and, and this is what I do for a living. I, these, these codes exist. And we're not going to reinvent something that's not already there. Um, so I think it's just going to, again, it could be another fiscal hit on the counties. Um, we already know we're going to have a pretty decent hit with our Board of Education budget this year. This would just be something else on top of it that, quite frankly, I mean, I care about indoor air quality, but we're already doing that, and Todd can attest to it from his years at DPW. It's stuff we already do, and, and the Board of Ed already takes care of it. So, And there's several more bills like that, but these were two that really, the rural counties, it would just, again, be they, just more the on one, top. You can't cut the water off. If they don't pay oh, the water yeah. Off. Well, yeah, and that's another one. Ever. Ever. Yeah, no matter what. That's, there's a bill in there that you can't cut water off even if somebody doesn't pay. Um, so. so the people who do pay will pay? Correct. Well, because it's a user-funded uh, system, absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Because they're saying that water is a right or something like that. I can't remember what the bill actually says. It actually says water is a right. And I said creeks and streams are, yes. Right. <laughs> Wells and water treated at a plant is not necessarily a right because you're paying for it. But anyway. And I think, Jim, you had one too, right, 777? Hunting. The hunting oh. time? Well, yeah, that was, that was uh, to get rid of the, was it 1030? 1030. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't hunt on Sundays until after 1030. And, and uh, I think the, the, the bill was, um, I think that's the way it is now. We were trying to repeal that. Right. The bill currently it. is for Caroline, Dorchester, and Talbot. Oh. It didn't include Queen Anne. So if we want to include Queen Anne in that bill that was sponsored by uh, uh, Johnny Mouse. Johnny Mouse. Correct. To, uh, so to, to, to get rid of the 1030 portion of it. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, you got, you got, are you, is that a jack on your end? Yeah. But I, Did you have any you wanted? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, well, the main ones. now, uh, you know, I, I want to talk uh, briefly about a bill. Uh, but hold so, on. What are we doing with 777 just so we know? Where, where are you at on that? I, I mean, I don't want to add. the honey one? Yeah, uh, I don't want to add. It's because I, I mean, I've talked to people and they, they're 1030. Are good with it, but if you, you're hearing something different from people, I well, mean, yeah, I mean, you know, especially the turkey hunters, they they want to, get, you know, they need first light. So, I, I support it. I mean, I, I think that we we should be part of that, but we need to make that decision right here. Exactly. So, I'll, you know, I'll make a motion to join it so that they can hunt the same time Saturday and Sunday versus coming out at 10:30 because that really is good luck on that hunting wise. So, no second. I'll second that. All right, we have a second. Any other discussion on it? So, so they can hunt at first light. Yeah. Which is what six in the morning? Six thirty depends what time of the year it is. Yeah. That's seven mm -hmm. days a week. Right? Yeah. Yep, seven days a week. Yep. Remember now, the hunting is going on in the farms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the private anyway. farms. Right. Can't be public. Public can't. It's got the public's closed, so it's got to be private property. So, yeah, right. Which is probably happening anyways. Right. Yeah. So, this way it's legal. Okay. So all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 
Opposed? Abstained? I'm going to abstain on it. I just, You're going to abstain? I just don't. I, four, yeah. four, four yeses and one abstain. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, now I'm going to talk about the bill that I spent all day today in Annapolis. And it's a bill that's come before Queen Anne's County uh, two years ago. Referendum. No, that was in 2006. That was 2016. The bill was actually two years ago. And this is to vote by district. And for those uh, old timers in the crowd, remember, you know, back in 2016, we had some very heated debates about it. And I was actually for voting by district. And we said the only way to, you know, what, it's what the public wants. What does the public want? So our delegation at that time, Delegate Arntz, our delegation got a straw poll in. So the presidential election of 2016, the Queen Anne's County citizens voted on how they want to elect their commissioners. And it came out 54-46 that they want to co elect each commissioner by district at large. And that's the system that we have right now. Well, apparently in St. Mary's County, they're having some serious problems with it. And their delegate down there uh, introduced this two years ago, made it through the House, Senate got stuck in the drawer. He has brought it back again, and he's brought the NAACP with him. And, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling that whatever's going on in St. Mary's County, uh, their population by uh, African-American, I think, is 16 percent. Ours is six and a half percent. So they're trying to mandate voting by district, thinking this is going to help. And, and all I can say is they got my blood going today because the citizens of Queen Anne's County voted, and they're saying, well, we're with the government. We're here to help. You guys don't know how you vote. You're, you know, you're leaving out minorities. And I don't know what they want. Do they want one commissioner for minorities and, and everybody else will vote outright? It's just, it's troubling. It's troubling that, the, the, you know, everything now has got to be by color. And, and uh, you know, I understand that there are, you know, issues out there. But here in Queen Anne's County, for the 10 years that I've been here, I don't think there's ever been anything uh, that was troubling on, on elections, that anybody was left out. I mean, you know, I, I should have made these. I don't know, did you testify to or no? I wasn't able to okay. because it got pushed out so far. Okay. So, you know, uh, for instance, I'm an at-large. So everybody here who votes in Queen Anne's County right now gets five votes. If this passes, you'll get two votes. You'll get your district and the at-large, and that's it. And, uh, you know, I think that that's wrong. I think that, you know, we, so the discussion today at, at the hearing, uh, 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 Delicate Buckle? Buckle, yeah, from uh, Washington County. Wow. I mean, this guy was all over this. He, you know, and he didn't know me, and I didn't know him, and I never even talked. I was still sitting in the audience, and he, he was talking it up for Queen Anne's County. He was talking, you know, hey, they did a referendum. They did a straw poll. And they're asking St. Mary's to do the same. Well, St. Mary's is saying, well, if we do it, it'll be the same as Queen Anne's County. It won't give them the results that they want. So this is, it's troubling. And uh, uh, Kevin Canale was there and testified also that the MACO, Maryland Association of Counties, think this is something that's for the courts. And it's not for legislation. Let the courts decide this. Uh, the NAACP swore up and down that if he takes it to court, they're going to win in every case. And... Your, your friend Buckle said, bring it. So, you know, I, I, it's frustrating to see these kind of things when Queen Anne's County is the third lowest in property tax, third highest in wealth, no crime, and we are doing everything humanly possible to keep our schools at a, at a high level of quality. And for somebody to come and say, you guys don't know how you're running your county, that's just absurd. So 
that's where that sits, you know, and, uh, you know, in the questions I, I heard there, I don't feel warm and fuzzy that, that it's not going to pass. So we'll see what happens in the Senate. Well, I think the biggest thing from a governance standpoint that it lends itself to, Jim, is, is part of it is that you want to increase representation, whether it's minorities, farmers, right. I, I don't care what it is. Right. But you don't get that because you're basically creating an outlier that is one vote of five, because it doesn't change the governance or how votes are taken here at this table. It's still that you need three to pass anything. Correct. Right. So at the end of the day, if you get three that are just, say, the at-large District 3 and District 4 decide, screw District 2 and District 1, for the next four years, if that's the case, then nothing gets done in District 2 and District 1. Right. So it lends itself better if we all work together as a county-wide to where I have to answer to the, to the citizens on Kent Island. Because mm -hmm. if I don't have to answer to the citizens on Kent Island, I'm going to worry about District 1 and District 1 alone. But I'll never get anything done. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because I do. Then I know. I, yeah. you three can just say, ah, we don't, we don't care about that. We won't put right. all the money in, in Kent right. Island. And that's what I hear all the time is that's what happens, but it doesn't really happen that way. It's just that mindset, and that's why people think, Oh, if I'm elected by district, I got true representation. Well, Washington County and Allegheny, they do the same thing. They get rid of the districts. So if this gets pushed down the, the four or five counties and they have to do them, they would more than likely, they would just file for it to get rid of the districts and then they're just your five, I, just Garrett. Garrett. No, just Garrett. Garrett is the other one. Out. Washington and Allegheny are okay. Cause they're, yeah. they're okay, just, it is but Garrett. it would be your top five one of the Western counties, yeah. Garrett, yeah. So it would be your top five, okay, you're right. That's what it'd be. So, so you could have, you five guys five and live all Canada. next to each other right. on one street Correct. who are your commissioners. And it, and it used to be that way here in the county where you, the top three vote-getters were your, were your commissioners. And, and uh, often because the majority of your registered voting population is at the 5301 split to the bridge, mm -hmm. most of the north part of the county didn't get fair representation. All the more reason that we went to four districts. Mm -hmm to make sure that there was equal representation in the north part of the county. And, and citizens should be able to vote for all five of their commissioners. Well, that, that is the argument that stands right now. Yeah, and just yeah. to be, sort of understand, I mean, we've, this is the new board of commissioners, but the last one, we always made a point of representing everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And so, for example, during COVID, we knew there was segments of the population that weren't getting the vaccines but wanted it, but maybe they were afraid of going to a government building or something like that. We had a, a mobile vaccine clinic that we went out to go to people, right? Uh, there were underserved uh, and unserved areas on broadband before COVID established the Broadband Commission to make sure that that's happening, right? That's taking money from my district, District 4, and They're saying we need to invest this county. out that's in right. other areas of the county right. because we're accountable. And district 4 probably is one of the largest tax generators, right? There's high housing values, high income there. But that money gets distributed throughout the county because I'm accountable to the entire county. If it was just by district, well, then guess what? All the parks are going to be in District 4. All, all, the, all the roads are going to be fixed in District 4. I'm going to make sure every, every, every dollar that comes out of that, that district stays there. And then you're not representing everybody, right? You're, you're really you're, you're creating fractions. You need to be voted the way you govern. And, and that's what we do now. We, we are voted in the way we govern. We're, we're by district, but we govern right. countywide. So we're accountable to everybody, but we still, obviously our heart sits with our district. I get that, but you know, that, that makes it more passionate for me when I come to argue to you guys and can turn your heads and make you think or make, take you somewhere and say, hey, look at this. And then it makes a difference. Otherwise, well, uh, yeah, and again, you know, I, I think the point that I wanted to get a product, how do you diminish the voters of Queen Anne's County? I mean, we did it right. And they're asking now, they're asking for all the other counties, some of the delegates, you know, are you going to introduce legislation to do a straw poll? And they're saying no, because they're afraid it's just going to get the same answer. Be that as it may, it's, 
you know, uh, what's a delegate? Is Still it Kipke? Is it Kipke? Nick Kipke from Anne Arundel. Arundel. Delegate Kipke is the one bring, uh, from St. Mary's. Anne Arundel. Oh, no, no, Crosby is. Crosby, excuse Crosby. me, I'm sorry. He's the it's one introduced. Delegate Crosby, his point was, well, if, if you had 50 votes, if there was 100 people and you had 50 votes, you only took one more vote and you won and you can control. Well, that's democracy. I, I mean, it's exactly what that is. That's words. democracy. And, and again, when we had 54 to 46, how do you diminish that? I mean, this is the will of the people. And I said, and it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, you know, the ratio of, of how many, you know, African Americans and Hispanics or others that we have in the county. I, and that's that's the point that I think that they're just turning a blind eye to. They're just not listening to that, and they just, you know, another thing you got to keep in mind: St. Mary's County and Queen Anne's County, the only two counties, says every elected official is a Republican. So, you know, and I don't know, you know. Well, you know, and, and ours wasn't about the minority side, it was about representation for farmers. So ours came from a different, but District right. 1 even voted to right. keep it the way it was. Right. The, the one that was really in question in this whole thing that, that started our straw poll, they voted. Oh, on the straw poll, the District 1 wanted it changed. Oh, I thought they, they no. came in slightly ahead. No. Didn't they? That's right, yeah. yeah no, it, was it was close, though. It was close. Yeah. Yep. But the point be, each county is different. You have different economic factors. Your geography is different. We have to be a very large county, but very small population, spaced out. And what we have is working for us in this county. And other counties have issues. I'm all in favor of them doing what they need to do to take care of the issues that they have in their counties. That's what they should be doing. Well, that's where you use local right. legislation. Right. But one size fits all, again and again, on, on a state that is so diverse in Maryland, not just population, but economic, geography. There's a lot of different issues. And that's why it's best to leave that to local government to address those issues. So thanks, Jim, for testifying. I was going to testify as well, but unfortunately, the uh, we were last, I think. Second well, to last. Second to last on the bills. Yeah. So by the time it came up, um, I was not available uh, to be on a beer. And actually, it was two districts. What was the other one? One and two. One and two were four, and three and four were against. And the overall numbers were 7,070 uh, uh, against changing it and 6,194 for changing it. Again, you know, so you have almost a thousand vote swing, mm -hmm. and that's democracy. Now, you know, do we ever revisit that sometime? Maybe, who knows? But right now, that's that's the point that I think that uh, you know that, that we made as a county, and I think that the delegation. Well, I think what's going to happen, uh, the compromise is going to be to take it to the five counties that are affected and have them all. Do. We're going to wind up doing it again. If, it, if I, I see it playing forward as a compromise to get some movement on it is they'll come back and say, okay, the five counties that this affects, even though we've done it, they're going to say all of you have to do it in the same election so that they can equally go out and uh, campaign in five counties at one time versus trying to have to pick off each county. Oh, no, no. Well, they got all five in, in it. It's all in there right now. They're all together. So, no, I, no, I get yeah. what I'm saying is I, think, I don't think it's going to pass this year. Honestly, I don't think it'll get through this year, but I think there's going to be a compromise to say, okay, let's put it on the ballot for those five counties, put it on as a ballot measure for those five Another counties referendum. in two years and let it come back around again. And then you'll have like a totality of the five counties affected to use as your look at whether or not the sentiment has changed since 2016. Right. Which, right. Is, I, which is fine. I mean, if that's their compromise, fine. Mm -hmm. So, voters, anyways. That was my fun for five hours today. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, we've talked about the bills. Let's let's uh, do press and public comment. Anybody uh, press and public comment? We have any press and public comment? Nothing virtual. No, nothing virtual. Nobody wants to speak. 
Okay, we'll close press and comment. We'll press and public comment. We'll write the round table. I've, we'll round, I've round tabled enough. I'm good. Yeah, you're good? Okay. Uh, Patrick, you're good? All right. Rolling right through this. Uh, well, um, Patrick and I had a chance to attend the installation of officers Saturday night at um, uh, for Ken Island Volunteer Fire Department, which was a, a great event. Um, give kudos to uh, Ken Island Volunteer Fire Department. They do a great job in their installation of officers, there's no doubt. Um, and um, I guess that was it. Oh, uh, something I'd like, um, something I'd like, uh, that my fellow commissioners to consider uh, uh, in the near future. We're, we've got some uh, volunteer firehouses that are looking at um, expanding or rebuilding. Uh, and, I, and I'd like us to consider uh, in the permitting process, at least permitting fees that relate to the county, um, that we waive those fees for those volunteer firehouses that are building new houses or they're, they're expanding uh, on those. We certainly can't waive the state fees that are part of the process or any taxes that come with land purchases, but we can certainly waive the fees that relate to permitting here in the county. So that's, I'm, I'm throwing that out there for you guys we, to we, consider. We have for as long as I've been here. Right? We did Churchill. We, we typically do everything. that. Yeah. yeah, I think we have yeah. pretty consistently. So I'm good with keeping doing it. So to add to that, we could also help them with soil testing and possibly stormwater drainage through DPW. I don't know all the ins and outs, but they're going to have to do that at, in Queenstown and in Graysonville. Soil testing? What are they looking for? I don't know. Arsenic. Yeah. Hmm. Radon. Radon. Arsenic. Yeah. Gold. <laughs> Dead body. Gold. But maybe DPW can do some some uh, drainage help just to help them offset some of the cost. I'm not the expert. We should have asked those guys, but it's something to think about. Well, they'd have to bring back an example and take a look at and see what we can do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's all I have. Young Padawan? I think we did enough uh, roundtable yeah. with the legislation. I'm with you on that. Say happy Valentine's to my wife. She's at work tonight, where she should be. So, ah, <laughs> all good. Wow, that'll go over well. It'll be cold porridge for you when you oh, get no. home. I'm taking, her the flower shop I'm taking her where it's warm and sunny for her birthday, so it's all good. So. Where are you going? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, man. On assignment. That's right, on assignment. Going on assignment. <laughs> all right. Uh, make a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. All those in favor? Aye. There we go.